My name is Eden Kalsha. I was going to college for ROTC. I had my whole life planned, and I went to a party the weekend before Christmas break. Girls who I thought were my friends drugged my water bottle and gave me to one of their friends. And I woke up the next day somewhere I didn't even recognize, and I picked myself up, and I went home, and I didn't say anything to anyone because I could barely look myself in the mirror. And that's when I decided that God didn't have my back because how could he let this happen to me? And then when I finally got the courage to tell someone, I told my dad by myself, that was the first grace that I felt in a long time because he looked at me and he said, it's okay, I believe you and I'm here for you, and whatever we need to do for you, we will. I um, eventually got put on a desk at my job, and I met Bree. She invited me to True Grace with her, and I came to church, and I met her mom, Tracy, and Tracy just gave me this huge hug and was like, I'm so glad to meet you. And um, I felt loved, and I felt like I had family here again. One of my favorite songs came on and I started crying because it hit me so close to home. I remember worship ending and I ran out of service. I was so emotionally just done for the day. And I remember sitting in my car just bawling. And I called my, my mom and I said, Mommy, I think I'm gonna be okay. And I told her what happened. And she said, you need to tell your dad. And I, I told him and he started crying and then I cried more. And he said, I have been praying for this for you for so long. And I remember just feeling so much peace that day. I started smiling every day, like people that I had been around for months didn't recognize me because they were like, what's wrong with you? You're so smiley, like what happened? And I, I started going to a Bible study and I met friends and mentors and I felt like my faith had been restored and that I had finally found a home. Life has been difficult, but I know now that as long as I remember that God's got this, everything else is gonna be okay. She said, I feel like life has been restored. Eden, thank you for sharing that story. I know it's helping uh, a lot of people. What I want you to catch in there is that she said, Bree and Tracy and others listened to her and they were part of her healing journey. Um, that someone listened and loved and was excited to see you and, and love you right where you are. And uh, she was able to overcome. And I think, I think maybe you don't always realize that in your life right now, there's a handful of people and that God has somebody in your life that he wants you to be part of their story of how their faith will be restored and how their healing is going to happen and how you looked them in the eye and you gave them a hug or you believed in them when they needed someone to believe in them. So don't minimize your daily interactions with someone because they might mean a lot more than you even realize they do. Amen? Yeah. 
uh, just a cool, amazing story. So Eden, th- again, thank you for sharing. Man, I hope you had a good Christmas. Did you have a good Christmas? Um, you know, some like, you know, I was talking to a friend between services, I said, how are you doing? He goes, man, I hate this pandemic. And I was like, is that okay to say hate in church? He's like, because I hate it too, right? Um, but Christmas was good at my house. I got a Christmas present. I thought this was good. I got this Christmas present. It says, who do you think gave me this pillow for Christmas? You're right. And so I'll be calling my mom this year more. And I don't know, uh, you know, the joys that you have. Uh, we got in the car to go visit Stacy's parents. We used to get in the car and pray, Lord, keep us safe, because we had a five-hour drive. Well, they moved to Olympia, so now we have a 15-minute drive. So we're finding all those little things just to be thankful for, because you got to stop and thank God for the little things when life is crazy and keep yourself sane. So I hope you're doing that. I want to just mention this to you. I think that it's so important that you stop and you say No matter what, I'm going to be in a church gathering, either online or in person, every single week. Like, I'm just going to make that happen. Um, You know, for some of you, you're like, I get way more out of one or the other, or I can't do one, but I can do the other, whatever it is. But I think it's so important that we just say, you know what, God, I'm going to make sure that I'm uh, in an environment where I can hear your voice, where I can worship you, where you can speak to me. And I think it honors God when you put yourself in a place like this gathering today. I really do. And I, I've had so many people over the years just say, man, I thought it was fun. I just kind of fell out of church gatherings for a while. There's some excuse, some reason, some, well, there's a great excuse right now, right, for us to kind of just kind of let things kind of go. And I just think it honors God, and I think it's so important because what happens is if you just kind of let church gatherings kind of go, all of a sudden you wake up two, three, four months later, and you go, how did I get here? I don't have elders that I'm going and talking to. I don't have people praying for me. I'm not worshiping with other people. The word of God's not being proclaimed. I don't get a chance to go pray at the altar. I'm not being encouraged by somebody else because I just kind of forgot how important that was. And so whether you do that online or whether you do that in person, can I just tell you that your commitment and your consistency to be in a gathering honors God. And it's far more important to your soul than you probably even realize And so thank you. I want to encourage you for doing that and keep doing that. Thank you for giving. Thank you for serving, praying, all the things that you do because it's just who you are. All right. If you have a Bible, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 3. And while we get there, I want to show you a quick chart. A poll was taken. It was a Gallup poll. And this Gallup poll came out and they just, you know, contact people and they asked him this question. And the question they asked was, uh, hey, Americans, um, rate your mental health as excellent. How many of you would rate your mental health as excellent by demographic groups? And so they asked you, do you feel like your health was excellent in 2019? And would you rate your health as excellent, your mental health as excellent in 2020? And so they broke it up, male and female. And in 2019, 49% of males said their health was excellent. That's because men tend to overestimate themselves, okay? And then they did females, and they broke it up by different uh, political parties and, and religious groups and race and marital status and age groups and all this stuff. But out of all the people that they surveyed and all the answers they had from 2019 that they said, my mental health was excellent, and 2020, my mental health was excellent, there was one group, only one group in the entire survey um, that said that their mental health was better in 2020 than it was in 2019. Here it is right here. People who attend a religious gathering weekly, up 4%. Can you imagine that? That's pretty awesome. That's not even like a religious group doing that survey. They just went and did a random survey and they found that out. And I think that only just reinforces how important it is for your mental health that you gather together in a place. Um, I tell people all the time, when I'm in a church gathering, uh, my, my thinking is clear. I, I, my priorities are better, um, especially if I'm sitting next to somebody I care about. I stop and I really think about my life. What does God want for my life? 
Um, is there any place I'm off track? A church gathering just helps to do that so much. So I think that you're wise in participating in a church gathering today. I really do. So the, the title of today's message is simply this, Good Riddance 2020. We picked that like three months ago. We just said, hey, the last message of the year, we're just going to call it Good Riddance 2020. And um, it just kind of, you know, be the reality that it is. I, honestly, like there's two years in my life that have been the hardest. This was one and 2004 was the other. Uh, it's been a challenging year. I like people. I like crowds. I like hugs. I like joy. I like the energy. And it's just been a tough year to have all that. You know when you're talking with someone, but they just don't seem like themselves? That happens all the time today, doesn't it? You run into someone and they don't really seem like themselves, maybe a little bit more standoffish, a little bit more careful. Uh, you know, they haven't been out of the house much or whatever. Their job or their school has been thrown off. Everything's thrown off. And so people just don't really feel like themselves, and that makes it hard to really feel that emotional connection uh, that at least I long for. So it's been tough. So um, today we're going to talk about these three things. Uh, I want to throw them, throw them on the screen for you. Uh, number one, don't let the past hold you back. Number two, live in the present. Really be present. Be alive in the present. And number three, prepare for the days to come. We're going to walk through these three, three things really quickly today. If you have a Bible, Philippians chapter 3. In fact, why don't you guys throw it on the screen. I'll just read it off of the TV. That'll be easier. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, forgetting the past, big important thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize. The Apostle Paul is not living for what earth can supply him because he knows that what the earth can give really has no comparison to what God can give. I press on, and it's important to understand, pressing on, I strain forward to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. The Apostle Paul would have these moments where he'd say, I don't care if I'm not well fed. I don't care if I'm in prison. I don't care if it's unfair and, and all of the stuff that's gone with it. I'm going to keep pressing on and I'm going to keep living for heaven, not for the things of this earth. I'm going to set my mind on things above. There's something about straining and pressing forward and not, not just being stuck where you are today. And some of us, we kind of get ourselves in a little bit of a crater and it takes some effort to kind of get out of the hole that you're in. Sometimes something has to kind of push you out of the place where you're the rut that you've kind of gotten settled into. And so we're going to talk today a little bit about those, those subjects. So here we go. Number one, don't let the past hold you back. Throughout the scripture, you'll find people who say, Lord, I can't because, and they'll go into their past. They'll go into their history. They'll go into their family. And they'll say, there's no way I can be who God's called me to be because of my past. And what's fascinating about Jesus is he comes along and he looks at someone like Simon Peter. And he says very clearly, you're not just who you are today. Your past doesn't hold you back. Um, but God sees you not just as you were or as you are, but who you will become I wonder who you're going to become in these next few days, in these next few months or years. I'm not saying who I am today. I think God has better things in store for me and wants me to learn and grow and become more than I am today. And I think that's true for you as well. Don't let the past hold you back. Listen, somebody had a terrible 2020, but they're going to have an incredible 2021. And that might as well be you. And I'm saying, God, why not me? That sounds good for my life. Listen, I want to encourage you to celebrate the past, to learn from the past, and to use the past as a springboard for a better future. 
really to do those three things, to, to learn from the past and to celebrate the past. The church should celebrate the good things in our lives. Come on, on Christmas morning, before we open presents, uh, we stop and we just kind of go, hey, what are we grateful for? Let's look back at this year and let's find those things and let's make sure we celebrate the good in life. Um, I hope that you are learning from your past so you don't repeat the same things, that you build upon it. How tragic to go through a year like 2020 and learn nothing. I went through 2020, I learned nothing. I just survived. Not me. Like, I, I'm like, no, if I got to go through this, I might as well get a principle or two or three or four out of it. That next time something comes along and it, it throws other people off, it doesn't throw me off because I've been through this before. And I learned something during COVID-19. Man, let's, let's learn from the past and, and let's build on it. And let's use the past as a springboard for a better future. Let's leverage our past, good or bad, to launch a more positive future. Um, look at, listen, when you're looking back on decades in your life, wouldn't it be great to use some of those things in the past to launch you into a better future? In fact, when you go to bed at night, wouldn't it be great to look back on your day and use that and launch to a better future? Sometimes I think the best thing you can do late at night if today was a rough day was just do the dishes so you wake up so tomorrow the kitchen's clean. Just those little things that you do just to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success tomorrow. Um, listen, in our world today, there's a lot of victim mentality. And I want to challenge you, don't fall into the victim mentality that our world is serving up today. I look at this, my story, and I think, man, that is so tragic. That is so unfair. That is so wrong. Not just abuse, but betrayal. And it's so easy to just let that turn you into a victim. But some people, especially through God's help, go from victims to victorious in their lives. Why not you? Why not me? Don't, don't accept that victim mentality in your life. You might be from an unhealthy home. You might have abuse in your background. You might have unjust, unjust things happen to you. Uh, listen, don't let that control you. Don't, don't evaluate your life in terms of your past because your past doesn't equal your future. God has something better for your life in the future. Uh, the past can hold us back if we allow it to, but it doesn't have the power to define us. You and I get to decide who we're going to be and what our life is. And listen, if many, many other people could rise above their tragic backgrounds, if you only knew the stories of some of the people in full-time ministry that I talked to, and they say, Peter, uh, most of my family is incarcerated. Uh, my, my, my mom's on her fifth marriage. My brother's in jail. I mean, and then you could look at them and go, are you serious? How do, how do you have the life that you have? I just decided to be different. I just invited Jesus into my life, and I was going to be different. And I know so many of you have done just that. You're living a different life than maybe others would have thought when you were born. So incredible. Don't let your past um, um, hold you back in your life. The second thing is this. Live in the present. Live in the present in your life. Man, today is a gift. Amen? Amen. And you don't know that you're going to get tomorrow. Today is a gift, and sometimes we have this idea like, well, someday I will do that, and someday I'll say that, and someday I'll, I'll work on forgiveness for that. And I want to tell you, your someday out there is today. Like, today's a gift. That's why it's called a present. So enjoy today, because tomorrow's not promised. Be present today. I got to tell you, there's so many times in my life where because I'm forward-thinking and I'm always visioneering and planning for the future that sometimes I can't enjoy today. Sometimes I'm with a bunch of people, but I'm thinking about what's happening this week or next month or next year. 
and I missed out on the joy of just being present today. I want to encourage you, make eye contact, ask good questions, take in the moment today, and enjoy today for what it is. I think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, and how in the world, with knowing everything she knew and all the prophecies and all the expectations, how she could just look at her kid and just enjoy today for what today is. Because there's going to be some hard days down the road. Wow. Listen, how can you live in the present when you have so much on your mind about the future? It's something that some of us really need to deal with. I love the phrase, and I think it's so important, that you can't start the next chapter in your life if you keep rereading the last one. Really, you have to stop sometimes and just go, you know what, I'm, just, I'm not going to reread the last chapter in my life. I'm going to turn the page, and I'm going to start a fresh, brand new chapter today. And it's unwritten, and it's a blank sheet, and I get to make today whatever God and I want to make it. Man, that's a, that's a new way of looking at life, isn't it? A new day, a new door is opening, old doors are closing, the, the chapter of your life of 2020 is coming to an end. For some of you, the chapter of your job, the chapter of a relationship, maybe something's happening that you didn't want to have happen, but that page is turned anyway. What choice do you have but to live forward and to start a new chapter in your life? Incredible thing about uh, being a human and alive today, especially in this country, is you can, if you don't like your life, you can stop, call, time out, do an audible and start turning your life into what you want it to be. Do you know like whatever your life has been the last year doesn't have to be from today on? Like sometimes we forget that we get to make changes. We get to change our friends. We get to change our health. We can actually do something about our life to make it something that we really want it to be. I wonder what changes that you will make in your life. You can't start the next chapter in your life if you keep rereading the last one. So what does God want to do new in your life uh, in this coming year, in these coming days? Whatever that is, I want you to embrace it. I want you to call out to God. We are worshiping, and, and this song about surrender was on, and I just said, Lord, I'll follow you wherever, whatever, you know, do whatever you want me to do. I'm not stuck doing the same thing I've always done. Whatever you want, that's what I want, because your plan is always better than my plan for my life. Amen. And if you got something new, I'm not going to resist whatever's new that God has for me in my life. I'm going to invite some friends to come join me up here, and they're going to share a little bit of their story of what God has been challenging them to do. Would you welcome Josh and Brittany Taylor as they come up here and share with us? So if you don't know, Josh and Brittany were on staff with us. I think you said last service, Josh, a little over six years, six, seven years? Yeah, yeah, about okay, that. Okay, with us. And so um, just a little over a year ago, uh, we said goodbye to you guys because God had kind of put a call on your life, and it meant change. Um, for some people, that's hard. For some people, that's easy. I don't know how much it was hard for you. But take us briefly back to 2019 and the transition that was taking place, maybe some of the struggle and the good that came out of that, and then we'll walk into a little bit of 2020 as well. Yeah, so 2019, March of 2019, really, I guess it all began before we got married. We had felt like God was going to someday, you know, those kind of dreams, right, the one-day dreams that may or may not ever actually happen. Um, before we got married, we felt like God said, hey, you're going to, you know, start a church together sometime. I'm like, okay, great. And uh, <laughs> March last year. <laughs> because starting a church is so easy, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's cute, right? <laughs> um, and then March of last year, really, that conversation started to get a little bit more real and tangible. And mm -hmm. we were at a conference, and 
just we both felt the exact same thing, felt the Lord speak to us and uh, basically say, hey, you need to start, you know, cracking this door open a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that obviously opened the door. And then I started talking with you a little bit about it with mm-hmm. Brittany and, you know, just, you know, just processing and thinking through what it was going to look like and everything. And, and I think that some of the tension... I know I cut him off for the first time. It was kind of fun. Um, some of the tension that we found ourselves in um, was that we knew that God had called us, but it was, you know, Josh is a very cross your T's, dot your I's, get it, here's the plan. And we, you know, when God calls you, you don't want to rush it, but you want it to be the right timing. You're not sure exactly. You want to walk and in so, wisdom. Yeah, and yeah. so you're kind of like weighing it out. But at some point, we were sitting on our couch after the umpteenth time about talking about talking about it. Yeah. I look at him and go, let's just do it. Yeah. So we're not he goes, words, but that's okay. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. But at some point you have to jump. We yeah. just said, let's uh, you, you just got to make a decision. You guys so just do it. So we just yeah. So March, March, we really started opening it. And then uh, November. But, oh. but really quick, there was one day in the office where Josh was talking to me. And we were, I said, how is Brittany doing? And he goes, honestly, Brittany turned to me the other day and said, let's just do it. <laughs> so he listened. <laughs> no, I know he can be trained. Gentlemen, the Holy Spirit does speak through your wife. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you guys. You make me laugh. All right, good. So, so then 2020 comes up, and and you had like the best timing in how to plant a church. You just picked a pandemic to plant that. So, I mean, obviously it was God's real Absolutely. timing. Yeah. And he pulled together. So, what did you learn in trying to plant this church in 2020? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so moved in November, four months later, March, and, you know, everything's going crazy, right? And then we're, you know, our heads are really like, what's going on? Like, we had a whole launch plan figured out with, you know, each month leading up to it, what we were supposed to do and different benchmarks and all the things that go into basically, a, you know, a business plan, but for ministry, right? And that immediately became obsolete, and we couldn't use that anymore. And so, you know, our heads are spinning in March and everything. We're like, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm talking with our team. Like, we were kind of doing some Zoom meetings and stuff. And then on the end of May, right, we, we just said to our team, because we were all kind of like going to different churches at this point. I was just like, let's just, let's just start meeting in our house. Let's just start meeting in our living room, which is, you know, the Lord's provided a great place for us to live and everything. And um, so that's what we've been doing since then. And um, since then, we really have started to think through and process through the idea of what church would look like if it wasn't based off of like a location or, you know, a set time or anything like that. Um, and kind of the term that's starting to emerge, and you can Google it if you're interested, is microchurch. And so instead of having like a large gathering that we're a part of, what if we looked like a whole bunch of different microchurches mm-hmm. all across the city of Spokane and maybe even beyond um, in groups of like 10 to 20 people, all with the same vision and direction and purpose for existence and everything? What would the church look like if it was, you know, a bunch of smaller different groups of people mm-hmm. meeting and gathering together um, all with the purpose of obviously to give glory to God, mm-hmm. and so that's that's basically where what we're moving forward with, and it's like it's it's exciting, you know, it's it's free. Does that answer the question? Yeah. And last okay. last service, you said something good. You know, you're talking about um, kind of the being forced to trust God, um, and and what that does in your life. Can you guys just yeah touch on that? Because do you want to do it? I can do it. Sure. You can do it. No, go for it. Okay, I'll go for it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the last 12 months, I guess, if they've taught me anything, which this, the amount of uncertainty is um, just unfathomable, right? If the last 12 months have taught me anything, and it, I don't want to oversimplify it because it, it is simple, it's not easy, right? Mm-hmm. 
it's just how to trust God. Mm -hmm. And it's like the most freeing place to be Mm -hmm. because over the last 12 months, like God has shown up time and time again. It's like, wow, God, you showed up here. Wow, God, you showed up here. Wow, God, you showed up here. And it's like, I just am just a walking miracle of God's faithfulness and grace in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. From, you know, finances to health to, you know, a roof over our heads to the church that God is building with through mm-hmm. us. Um, it's just like a freeing place to be. And it's like, Dude, it's God's fault if, like, things fail. <laughs> well, it's actually my fault, but he gets the glory if things go well. Yeah. Um, but along that note, you have always said to people, I mean, I love my life at True Grace and in Olympia. I didn't know I could love it more, and we love it more. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just because we've decided to say, okay, Lord, we, we actually trust you. Like, we don't have a steady income every month like mm-hmm. we did here. We mm-hmm. don't have, you know, so it's just been a whole nother realm of trusting the Lord. And I think that since we, I don't know, have peace in that, yeah. um, there's he, he just, just been provides. a great so way simple. of life. Like he, he just does, yeah. you know. But people who are forced to trust God tend to say what Josh just said, like, it's actually freeing. Yeah. Like, being forced to trust God in your everyday life actually brings more peace. Yeah. But it does. Yeah. And we had some missionaries, uh, young missionaries in our church that are from our church and then between the services. And I walked up and I said, you are the kind of people who just trust God for your lives. And you have so much joy and peace even in the midst of that tension that you're always mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great way of putting it, tension that you're just always living in. Like, okay, I don't know how God's going to provide next. But I know he will. But I don't know how. And it's just like this tennis match between, I don't know what's coming, but I know God's going to provide. But I don't know what's coming. And it's just like a roller coaster of... Yeah. <laughs> crazy. (laughs) But it's like fun to be a part of, but like not fun at the same time. It's weird. I don't know. (laughs) I just, I find it really amazing that people are trusting God for their future are the people that have the most peace and excitement. And honestly, some of us who are just like kind of controlling our own future and not trusting God as much, but trusting in ourselves, we're actually less content and and feeling less, um, you know, joyful in our lives. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I mean, we sing these songs on Sunday morning, great songs, and I will build my trust on, or I will build my life, life upon your love. I will put my trust in you. I can't remember the exact lyrics. Mm. Um, and we sing these songs and everything. Reality is oftentimes we have our trust in earthly tangible things mm-hmm. that are less secure than yeah. God's presence. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it, it's a freeing place to be. It's just liberating. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we affirm you guys for trusting God, for making the leap to leave here, you know, as your church, your sending church, your parent church, your friends and family. Man, we love you guys, and it's fun to see you, and it's fun to see where this church is going to end up and go, and we're all behind you. So thank you you guys for coming and sharing. Would you give them a hand? Awesome. Man, you got to live in the present, and whatever the present holds, you got to kind of deal with it as it comes. And certainly, Josh and Brittany have said, okay, this is the present, so we're going to walk through it as we can. Uh, Finally, this, number three, prepare for the days to come. I don't know what your future looks like. I'm not sure that you fully know. I think you have some ideas what your future looks like. But I want to encourage you, be prepared for the days to come. Live in today, um, but be excited about tomorrow because tomorrow could be really amazing. It'll be more amazing if we plan it out with Jesus at the center of our plans. So I'm going to invite another uh, couple up here to share with me and share with our team, if you will. So Randy and Vicki, would you guys come join me? Would you give them a hand as well as they come? And this, this is fun. 
um, because Randy, I didn't know this. You said in the last service, you, you described your ages, and you said you were 68. Yeah, I'll be 69 shortly. I mean, so that means when we were in Costa Rica a little over a year ago, where, is that right? Oh. Yeah. This guy was lugging like 60-pound boxes of tile up like two flights of stairs. I had no idea you were 67 years old and you were doing that. Am I? Uh, something like that. I'll be 69. Wow. So uh, you, guys, you guys are kind of adventurous people. Vicki, you're Pastor Dave's sister. So we got a great story there. And he's the one that kind of ratted them out and said they'd be a great interview this, for this, this gathering. But, you notice they aren't here. <laughs> yeah, they left town, right? They're on vacation. But tell us a little bit about what you've been doing and the big transition, because your future is not going to look at all what it's looked like recently. Our, our life has been an adventure. Uh, last January, I separated from employment, which was mutual, and uh, I, I had been a teacher in corrections, uh, prison, and uh, I had been preparing and thinking, Lord, in this new season of life for us, what is, it, what is your will for us? We, we want to serve you. In fact, Vicki came up with this T-shirt that says, love God, love others. And that's what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. It sounds like true grace. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had been volunteering at the prison and teaching men uh, Christian programs like Men Stepping Up and Conquer Series and, and Marriage and such. Um, and when COVID hit, that ended for mm -hmm. me to mm -hmm. go into the prisons, um, active in our local church. And... Vicki and I had been praying for direction to find God's will because we wanted to serve him in the last season until we go to be with Jesus uh -huh. or he returns, either yeah. way. Yeah. And Vicki, why don't you tell him what we're going to do, our plans, his plans. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, our plans, his plans. Um, I had to laugh when Josh and Brittany said that the Holy Spirit can speak through your wife. Well, we were like thinking about selling our home and going and volunteering full time, and we kept going back and forth, and the Holy Spirit spoke through my husband. So husbands and yeah. wives. <laughs> Randy goes, let's just put it up for sale. So I quietly, we didn't tell much of anybody. I think only he and I were the only ones that knew. Got on Zillow and put it, took some pictures of the inside of the house, and I put it on, and put for sale by owner, and the next day some people came and looked at it, and the next day they called and told us they'd slept on it, and they wanted to buy it full price. Wow. So um, since then, um, we had been volunteering down at Cannon Beach Christian Conference Center in the summer and fall of this last year, and we had actually talked about going down and extending our time, and they had said that we could probably come down there and f for three months. But then with the COVID, it just kind of closed up for volunteering right now. But anyway, um, some people that we volunteered with down at Cannon Beach Christian Conference Center told us that they had volunteered before through YWAM. And so I got on the website and looked around, and we were looking at different places. And I don't even remember what really all happened. But anyway, we got a hold of... Um, we applied and got accepted, and then we looked into, they said, okay, where do you want to go? What are your, you know, choices and stuff? And so, anyway, um, we looked at Kona and um, went through that and got accepted through them, and they said, come. And so, um, we have tickets to fly on New Year's Day to Kona, Hawaii. To That's like this week. Yeah. This week. We'll be in, next Sunday, we'll be in Kona. 
Wow. Well. Well, Friday, Saturday. Well, yeah. are we? The reason I'm saying that is, you don't even know this, but... Um, Between services. Yeah, I had hooked up to Wi-Fi, and um, we have a daughter that we adopted when she was 12 from Brazil, and she's 42 now, and she has two girls ages 20 and 14, I think. And um, her husband, he's like 58, 59. Anyway, he's had some health issues, but between services, um, I got a message that they had called her to the hospital and told her to told her and her daughters to come and say goodbye. And then I barely checked right before we walked up here, and he just passed away. And so, again, it's a trusting uh, God. God might have set this all up. We may be flying to San Diego area to minister to our daughter. I don't know. A young widow. So, you God's know. God's in control. God's in total that. control. And um, he knows what today yeah, is and what and tomorrow will bring. We're surrendered yeah. to him, and that's. Knowing truth. that he holds tomorrow, I told my mom yesterday, and I've been telling a lot of people, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we know God holds tomorrow, yeah. and as long as we're holding his hand, that's all that matters. Wow. And um, Curveball. So yeah. we will we'll one, have to figure that time. out in the next yeah. few days. There's so. an old hymn of the church that says, where he leads, we will follow. We will follow. Yeah. And that's, that's, that was true then, it's true now. And that's what's going to happen yeah. in his timing. So it could be Kona for the next three months. It could be different. It could be Cannon Beach three months after that. It could be Spokane uh, after that for three different ministries. Um, God knows our heart, and we want to serve him in this season yeah. of our life. Mm -hmm. And we're prepared. We've been preparing for, for years. Lord has given us gifts of time, mm -hmm. and, Lord, we want to use it for you. Mm -hmm. Lord has given us uh, increase and and. Uh, finances mm -hmm. and we want to use that and steward it for him and uh, he's given us gifts and, and training and teaching and we want to use that for his glory yeah wow what I love about this story and why I wanted us to hear it is you know we can easily kind of go hey I can't wait till I get older so I can you know hang out with the grandkids and play golf and you know watch reruns of the Brady Bunch or whatever we're going to do right <laughs> I know that's your dream and what I love about this is that you know, Randy and Vicky have been planning with their health and their finances and their heart for God that when we get to that place, I think you said it, we're not going to retire. We're going to refire yes. and get fired up and Amen. go serve the Lord Amen. in our lives. Yeah. And I just, I, I think the adventure that this couple is going to live uh, during this season is going to be so much fun. Mm -hmm. And I just want to challenge all of us. Let's don't kind of just settle, but let's go live the adventure Amen. that God has yeah. for our lives, no matter how old you are. Yeah. And this is probably for uh, Josh and Brittany because the 35-year-old Randy and the much younger Vicky uh, were in Pennsylvania, and we adopted four children in 10 months and then added a fifth child at age 16. And we uh, had two biological And we had two biological that. children. And I, I came home at lunchtime to find my wife in great amount of tears, and out of her mouth, these words came. Ready? <laughs> Are we going to have to trust God like this all of our life? <laughs> and in a nanosecond, yes. Yeah. And we wouldn't want it any other way. That's great. Trust and obey. Oh, there's another one of those old hymns. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Right, can we give them a big hand? Thank you guys for coming to share. Wow. That, I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to just get stuck in a rut. I want to live the adventure of my life, making my life count for all eternity. Hey, as we come to a close uh, in this gathering, um, 
I want to ask you these three things. I want to ask you to pick one of these three things. And if God were to challenge you to work on which one of them, which one would it be? Maybe here today and you need to um, not let the past hold you back. Maybe there's something from your past, a person that you haven't forgiven, or um, there's, a, there's a nagging, draining issue from your past that every time you think about it, it just weighs you down. And maybe it's time for the Lord to just say, hey, walk into your future with me. Let's deal with the past and let's embrace um, the future. Maybe you have a struggle like me to be present every day and to just enjoy today as the present and make today everything it can be. And maybe there's been people that walk past you that are trying to be victorious and they've gone through a hard time and God wants to use you in somebody else's life today, even as you leave a church gathering or, or go to the grocery store. Um, maybe today God's trying to say to you, hey, live in the present. Don't let the days pass by you because you're in a pandemic. There's still divine appointments for you today. And then maybe for some of us, it's just prepare for the days to come. Um, maybe God is just challenging you. There's an adventure I have for you. There's a calling for you. You can settle for just what everybody else does. Or you can listen to my voice and you can follow the dream that God has for your life. Um, maybe God wants you to prepare for the days to come. Would you bow your heads with me wherever you are? Let's just take a moment and just wait on God. Lord, today's a great day to examine our lives. Lord, there's a new chapter starting in, in all of our lives. And we can't start it if we keep rereading the last one. Lord, I pray if there's anything in our past that's holding us back, Lord, you know those hurts that can be huge. And we don't minimize them at all. But Lord, what if we could get to a place of complete healing? That nagging issue, that draining part of our past. What if it was no longer an anchor? Lord, I believe in you, we are whole. So Lord, whatever has happened leading up to today, God, I pray that it would not hold us back from what you're wanting to do tomorrow. Lord, it's hard for us to live in the now and also live in the not yet. Lord, some of us were overly living for today and not thinking enough about tomorrow. But Lord, others of us, we overly live for tomorrow and we don't make the most of today. So Lord, some of us need to live in the present. We need to see the value of today and today's decisions the lives that we get to touch all around us today. Lord, help us to be fully present with our families and to enjoy today in the midst of everything we're doing and not just to survive, but to have significance today. Lord, help us to prepare for the days to come that we might live the adventure. Lord, we don't want to just coast into the future and then wonder what happened and get to the end of our lives. Perhaps, Lord, the greatest days of our lives, no matter how old we are, are still in front of us. 
Lord, whatever you have for us to continue to do or whatever is new in our lives. Lord, we today make a decision. I won't resist what God has for me, even if it's new, even if it's a great change. If it's God, I embrace the changes to come. Lord, I pray for your church today. That the past would not hold us back, but that we would look forward to what lies ahead and that we would press on to reach the end of the race of our lives and receive the heavenly reward, which comes not from the world, but from Jesus. Lord, thank you for speaking, inspiring, and being with us today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow, what a great day to start your day in a church gathering. Be a blessing to anyone you come in contact with. If you'd like to stick around and pray, the altar is open for you here. For those of you online, thank you for keep uh, staying connected. All right, God bless you. Have an incredible week.